This week, we talk about some topics that you never hear people talk about, and we talk about it with the only Australian ever to qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series, the only Australian ever to win a Bassmaster Elite Series event, Bassmaster Classic Qualifier. He tells you to fear his heart, and you better. The Thunder from Toowoomba, Carl Jacobson, joins me this week on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Welcome one, welcome all friends, family, freeloaders, fishing freaks. You're all welcome here at the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that goes by my last name, which is Mercer. So welcome in, cozy up, and let's have a conversation about many, many things this week. First of all, I thank you guys for joining this show. And uh, one of the biggest stories this week, and... um, I found myself obsessed with it, and that was Kevin Van Dam's final tournament, um, final regular season tournament. He is fishing, I guess, heavy hitters and, and Redcrest, I believe, next year. Um, but his final regular season event, and man, did he get close to winning it. Um, congrats to Matt Becker, who won that event, and also when won Angler of the Year at MLF, so congrats to him. And Kevin Van Dam finished second in that event, his final regular season event. And it's weird because you guys know um, how close I am to Kevin and how much he means to me. And you would think I would have no problem talking about that. Um, And I don't, but it's just like such an astronomical career that he's had. And I just feel like I should say something. I mean, I should feel like I should say, and it's weird because I've done a bunch of these. I've done some podcasts and things like that where people will ask about Kevin, and, and I always feel the same. I feel like I'm stumbling over my words because I feel like dude's done so much, it's so hard to fit it in. It really is. I mean, it, sure, almost $8 million in earnings and 25 Bassmaster titles, I believe four MLF titles. I, doesn't, I don't need to list it. Seven Angler of the Years, uh, four classic titles, all, all of that. I mean, it's amazing, and everybody's going to talk about that. But to me, I think Kevin's more than that. Kevin is definitely that guy that we're all going to brag about in the future. Yeah, I watched. I watched when Kevin Van Dam was competing, and he's not going to disappear. I mean, we're probably going to see more of Kevin because he's going to be at trade shows and all sorts of stuff for many, many years to come. But Kevin Van Dam smashed every record there is in this sport. He changed this sport in every single angle of it, whether it be on the water, off the water, um, in the boardroom, in the meeting room, at trade shows. Kevin Van Dam is the standard. What he's accomplished in this sport is amazing. But to me... What the most amazing thing about Kevin Van Dam is truly Kevin Van Dam. I mean, Kevin Van Dam, at a time when we are just bombarded with people saying, you got to run in the gray, you got to, you know, push the limits to, to win. Kevin Van Dam had the most dominant career in the history of professional angling and did none of that. 
Kevin Van Dam set the standard on every single element of the sport, every single way that we look at it. He set the standard. And to see Kevin walk away, first of all, congratulations. I know you're not going to get much time off because you're going you, – you, number one, he's not that dude. He's not that dude who just can have a place in Boca Raton and chill and <laughs> – not do anything. I mean, he's a very active person. So Kevin's going to be doing a lot of different stuff in this industry, I'm sure. And um, it's going to be fun to watch. But most of all, dude, I want to thank you and congratulate you on your retirement. Kevin Van Dam, I want to thank you for your friendship, for everything that you have done for me and my family. And this is a thank you that goes out not just to you, but to Sherry to Jackson, to Nicholas, to your whole family. I mean, the amazing thing about the Van Dams is you stay at their house and, and, and you feel like one of the family. I mean, literally, I used to always make a joke that if I was a Van Dam, I'd be DVD, which would make me an absolute, an obsolete, an obsolete piece of technology. But at least I'm a piece of technology at some point. But um, Ah, it's an amazing family, an amazing person, an amazing legacy. And I thank you. Thank you for being the person you are. I thank you for leading the sport. And I'm sure you're going to continue to lead the sport. But Kevin Van Dam, I don't know whether this was the right tribute. But I just, all I keep thinking is thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a mentor. Thank you for being somebody who I looked up to. And um, they say don't meet your, your idols. I say just choose better idols. Because Kevin Van Dam was my idol growing up. I met him. Became very close friends with him. And probably idolized him more today than I ever did when I was a little kid. So... Never mind that crap about not meeting your idols. Just pick better idols because Kevin Van Dam never, never let me down, never let the sport down, and um, congratulations. Congratulations on walking away on your terms. Congratulations for, for being the dude you are. And thanks for being the person that erases that crap where people say don't meet your idols because I met one. And now he's one of my best friends. So we will move on. Um, I, that was bubbly and blah, 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 blah. Hopefully there's some legible stuff in there. Like I said, it's weird because I just have so many different feelings about Kevin, both personally, it just in many, many different ways. You know what I mean? Through business, through person. I mean, they, they, I don't, I'm probably not doing this show if it's not for Kevin Van Dam. I am probably. None of this is happening. You know, I'm still fishing for a living, but dude is an incredible person. His family's incredible. And um, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Van Dams. So on to this week's show, and it is a good one. And we talk about some stuff this week that here's the weirdest thing. We dig real deep this week. You know, Bob Cobb used to have a saying, and I say it all the time on the stage, the thrill of victory and the agony of angling. Obviously a spill spin-off of 
thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. But that's the angling version. And there's a side to angling that people don't get to see a lot. Um, just because it is, I mean, that's how the world we live in. You don't get to see the other end of things. And I'm going to, this week, speak with one of the most positive people in this entire industry. But we're going to talk about some stuff that, that wasn't positive. Some moments that he had his back against the wall. Some moments where some stuff he's never even talked about. And every angler goes through it. Not just every angler, but every person chasing their dreams. And I feel like there's a lot of things you can do in a podcast. There's, there's controversial stuff that is guaranteed to get you traffic. But this is one of those shows that I'd be totally honest, I don't care how many people watch it because the people that do watch it, and I think it will be many, but the people that do watch it, there's going to be people that need this show. You know how I know that? Because you're looking at one of them. This conversation, I went into thinking, you know, this will be a neat thing to talk about. It started with a post that Carl Jacobson made in social media, and it really just kind of sparked us talking. And um, it turns out, in some ways, I needed this conversation as well. So without further ado, let's hook up with the thunder from Toowoomba, Carl Jacobson. Carl Jacobson, how are you? Hi, Mike. <laughs> how you going? Good. Good. Um, I'm trying to pile in like a bunch of podcasts real quick so I can go fishing. Really, that's my life. I mean, I'm <laughs> shooting podcasts all day uh, because I promised the fine viewers that I'd have one here every Wednesday. And then when we have a bunch of tournaments and I, I like to go fishing. So thank you for <laughs> making time for me today so that I can go fishing tomorrow. I think that's what we all do. Just work, work hard so you can go fishing. <laughs> that's what everyone does. It's <laughs> really true. It's a mean, like, no, like, I mean, I never grew up saying, oh, I want to be on TV or I want to be an announcer, but it's all just like a means to an ends for this drug that is a fish. Yeah. It'll make you do some stupid things, <laughs> whatever you can do. <laughs> some, some people will travel halfway across the world. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll have to have a talk about Tommy this while we're here too, because Tommy's got a story. <laughs> wow. Does he ever have a story? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let, let's get into Tommy real quick before we get it, get into what I wanted to talk to you about. But Tommy Wood, an incredible handle from, I, I've always loved his name. <laughs> and he came up and he backed it up, dude. Like he spent three months here. Yeah. Yeah. All his savings and everything to be here. One from the back of the boat. I mean, he had yeah. to be on cloud nine. Yeah. So for any for people listening right now, Tommy is an Aussie that uh is you know is trying to follow in my footsteps a little bit, and this has been his dream um, for a long time too. And I've known him since he was a real little kid back in Australia, and I knew his dad. And they fished the Barramundi tour and he just sort of came up and I hadn't seen him for years, but he'd obviously been following my sort of my journey over here. And then when Gussie and I went over to the Barra tour, um, they stayed with us and sort of Steve Morgan and those guys that run that tour, they purposely put me and Gussie, I think, with Tommy and that so we could he we he knew he was going to hit us with a bunch of questions. And so over that three weeks, Tommy just picked me and Gussie apart with what you know how do i make it happen 
and sort of both of us had different opinions on how we would do it. And I laid out a bit of a plan said, hey, if this was me now, this is what I would do. I, I wasted a bunch of time sort of in California and I didn't have a game plan and I was just fishing and I blew a lot of money just in la la land a little bit, just trying to figure it out. And I'm like, this is what you need to do. Three month window, come in fish as many opens from the back of the boat as you can go as a marshal in the elites as many times as you can come and see the classic do the go to the expo meet people and that was in november last year and sure enough he did it and he followed it to a t and it was awesome then he came over he came and watched the classic he just did everything perfect he's just a really he's got his head screwed on he's a good young kid and i just i i want to help him because he's got He's just got that right attitude. He's got um, the appreciation, the manners, all of those things that you want to see and the passion. And he's a really, really good angler. And yeah, he, um, he, a bunch of the Canadians took him fishing. He, he, we, we, I got to take him out glide bait fishing. Then he wins Wheeler. I think he top 10, a couple. And yeah. he, he wins Wheeler. And, uh, and so like, you, you just couldn't have asked for a better start. And, uh, and then, yeah, he, he, he came to our, our place here and he's like wondering what he's going to do for the next stint, whether he should go home and save. And I'm like, hey, if you want to come back, I'm like, you can just jump in the truck with me, come down to ICAST, do ICAST, meet some of the sponsors and some more people there. We'll fish in Florida. Then you can come up with me. I'll save you some money. You don't have to pay us. And he can fish smallmouth, do the three smallmouth martial tournaments, get your smallie experience then go home and now you'll be set. Well, he flies in, lands, I'm in ICAST, I'm going to go and pick him up and I get a phone call from like the immigration. <laughs> like, do you know who a Tommy Wood is? And I'm like, yeah. And then uh, they, they hammered him and he got his dates mixed up and he stayed one day over his ESTA visa in the last trip. And so they did not look lightly on that and they absolutely hammered him. I mean, they grilled him like he was a, like he was a criminal and uh, next day had a flight straight out from there, straight back to Australia. And so, so just turned, uh, turned him around and flew him back to Australia the next day. Wow. 16 hour flight and 16, 14 home or whatever. And so, yeah, he's, um, he's back in Australia and now he's going to have a little pretty good solid battle on his hands. He's going to have to get attorneys and try and figure out how to get a visa and get back over here legally. So wow. all part of the journey. <laughs> I, I feel him. I definitely ran into things like that, but I, I, that, one's, that one's a tough one because they're not going to look lightly on that for a while. So I'm hoping he can get the right support and, get behind it but wow so he his original visa allowed him to be here for 90 days right or in america yeah. for 90 days yeah he stayed for so 91 he flew out on the 91st day wow and they seen that as him being basically an illegal immigrant and that's it wow wow yeah. mm. well that you're right he's gonna have a battle ahead of him um it's all for a reason for some reason that happened i don't know so he's just we're gonna 
going to see how much he, how bad he wants it. He's going to have to fight <laughs> tooth and nail to try and make, get, just get back here. You know, that's the craziest part about this whole journey from coming from Japan or Australia or anywhere. It's just getting here <laughs> and getting enough time to be able to experience it, to lock yourself in. It's that, that in itself is one of the toughest battles, let alone trying to catch a bass. So what, what, what costs just, for people who have no idea, what, what do you think a trip like that? I mean, that's all gone now, whatever he spent on his flight. And, you know, it's, you know, they don't give it back to you when they reinstate, if he gets it on the visa, they're not going to be like, yeah, here's the money. So uh, how much money has he lost in something like this? Oh, uh, it's yeah. He's like, you know, the flights were probably four grand. Um, so he just lost that straight up. And then, um, yeah, just all the, all the little, bits and pieces in between that would have cost him a fortune. I just, for, for me over from 2011 till 2022, I've spent $40,000 on legal fees to live in America legally. <laughs> wow. So that's, I've had just three, on legal fees, just on that's government and attorney fees to, to get a O one visa and I had like a one year one and I had a three year, a three year, a three year. They were all like $6,000 hits. And then I could turn that into a green card if I wanted through the O one. one And then Kayla and I got married. And instead of going that route, we did it through getting married. And uh, I got a green card that way. And then that was like another seven. And then the interviews and all of that. And then we, and then after, cause we were married under two years, we had to do it again. <laughs> we just did it again. Wow. Open, that's the last of anything of that, that I ever <laughs> want to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not good. When I got my backpack stolen out of the truck that time in 2014, it cost about 15,000 cause he stole my um, passport. So I didn't have my legal stuff. And I had to drive to Washington, D.C., check in to the Australian embassy. And then straight from there, I had to directly drive to Dallas and fly out. I wasn't allowed to stay here. Wow. So I had to book all new flights, go home, get a new passport, sort all my O-1 visas out again. It was, <laughs> that was wild. A nightmare. So, something about <laughs> Aussies trying to get over here. Poor old Tommy just... <laughs> didn't got three months in and then his first hurdle <laughs> wow so is he is he just as driven has it or do you or is yeah. there a little bit taken i think he's you know like i think it's just going to take him a lot longer he, he you know just from what i've texted him and talked to him he's he's like i'm going to come back but it's like 2025 like he's going to miss a whole year where he could have been sort of potentially coming in next year and fishing as, you know, fishing some out of the boat or something like that. And, you know, just building on it. Cause that's what you need. You just need to keep, keep over here, keep in front of people, keep fishing and making contacts and, you know, just being able to stay here long enough. He, that's, that's just the toughest thing is getting here legally and being able to fish. It's yeah. three quarters of the battle. I, I couldn't imagine it. I mean, uh, you know, obviously I'm from a different country, but things are a little easier coming from Canada than it is from Australia. Yeah. Um, but dude, that's kind of the reason 
we got talking about doing this show together. Um, not not specifically Tommy Wood. And if anybody in the world that's listening to this can help him, hey, yeah, let us know in the comments. You will uh you can help somebody who's working really hard towards their dreams. But Bob Cobb used to have a saying, and I say it quite often in honor of him, but he would say the thrill of victory and the agony of angling. And yeah, you made a post that to me screamed the agony of angling, and I thought. We could talk about that because it's something that nobody ever talks about. I mean, but it's a reality. Like it happens every week and um, you guys are all chasing your dreams. But why somebody cries on the stage when they win, in my opinion, isn't that they're so happy they won. They're so happy that it finally happened because they they came over so many hurdles. And not everyone's from Australia, but everybody faces hurdles in this yeah. sport. Um, tell me about that post. and your thoughts about posting it. Yeah, I've actually, um, you know, I've, <laughs> I get some motivation sometimes when I'm, you know, feeling a certain way and I'll film something like that, but I'm sort of reluctant to post it. And I, sometimes I don't. And I, and I just, I had filmed that and uh, it was just sort of off the whim. I got back from a run and felt really good. And just it was thinking about a lot of different things. And uh I showed it to Kayla and she said, I think a lot of people get help, a lot a lot out of that. I think you should post it. And, and I end up doing and and that is what happened. And I, I wasn't sure how it was going to come across or you just never know. But I probably received more messages than any other thing I've ever done of people saying, I just really needed to hear that today. Thank you. And uh, it was super cool. Um, but, you know, I just, I've lived through, and felt all of those pains I feel like now I'm on like I'm not on the other side like you're always going to have that but I've come through that journey and it's what I'm most appreciative about having like a lot of adversities and going through because I've got a bit of a story to tell now when I can see someone that's going through it I feel like I can say hey it's not actually going to be the end of the world even though it feels like it right now and um, I just want you know I want to be able to help people I like helping people I like uh I feel like I'm on I feel like I have a I'm lucky to have a good mindset and a good I'm lucky in a few different ways of how I think and um I feel like I do need to use that a little bit more to help as many people as I can because I I'm strong enough to battle through that and those battles that I went through where I didn't think I was strong enough made me strong enough to be here now and to handle like what happened at Sinclair and just get through it and be ready to go that afternoon and, and dust it off where I potentially could have sat in that sadness for a week and with my shoulders down and being like, why me? And, uh, and let it ruin a week of my life or more, or, you know, all of those things. And I, I seen an angler that night at the campground and he just like, I could just see the look of, defeat in his face and I just I had a we talked for about 15 minutes and uh you know I just told him that you know it's, we're all going through it and when he realized I was feeling exactly the same it made him feel better because it wasn't just him it wasn't just him feeling that it was me and it was the next guy and it was the next camper down and uh I just don't like how much it makes you feel like a loser when you don't do well 
where you're not a loser, you're going to fish next week and it's going to happen to a next group of guys. And just that one event doesn't define you as the best smallmouth fisherman in the world or the worst, just because you did, you know, the difference between 18 pounds and catching 19 is nothing. And that was the difference between you being a hero or, or out way outside the cut. And uh, that feeling is probably the single most toughest thing that I don't think many understand about this sport because um, the, the guys that catch them day in and day out are highlighted so hard in this sport. It looks very dreamy and, uh, and it, looks, it, it, it looks great. And uh, that's what I saw too. And uh, I didn't realise on the backside of that is a lot of guys that are fighting uh, mentally um, th through so many battles, just trying to survive. And, uh, and I know a lot of them think it's only happening to them and why it's only happening to them. And I, I sort of want them to know, and I want every, you know, in any aspect of life, a lot of the messages I got were people from not fishing, just in yeah. life in general, were like, it's happening to everyone, no matter what you're going to do. This is sort of a part of life. It's just amplified when you get to that top level. Everything is amplified tenfold because you're now versing savages that are the best in the world. So it's not going to come easy. It's going to be hardest thing you've ever, ever done. But it's the reason why the winds are so incredible. Like when you catch them, it's there's nothing that even comes close. And it's because it's so difficult to do on the other side is the super, super lows. And uh, I've felt, I've felt both ends now over, you know, over 10, 10, 12 years being here now, I've felt, I feel like, the highest of highs of 10 killer of saving my career and changing mine and Kayla's life in one day, our entire life changed. We had nothing. We had nowhere to go. I don't know where I'd be. If Zaldane just happened to pit me in that one, I don't know where I'd be. I don't have a clue. We were still living out of that truck. Um, just crazy. And that wind changed our entire life. And so and then on the flip side of that, I've, I've, I was in Australia uh, in 2017 and Kayla and I were having our first day off and I was seeing my family and I got a like a to whom it may concern kind of email saying I was no longer in the Elite Series anymore. And I looked and my sponsors were all messaging me with question marks saying, hey, I thought you're in the Elites because we'd had signed contracts. And then I was like, I think I am. And then I clicked on like, elite field set for 2008 17 and my name wasn't in it and um and that and I, so I, I had to deal with that and that's where you have to make the decision on how bad you want it and whether you want to come back but I think what I want most people to know is that none of that was bad it all worked out good <laughs> it was it was really really terrible at the time but if you choose to keep going um I think those moments are the, the moments that are going to define all of those things in the future. And uh, one thing that Gene, you know, Gene Eisman, you know, Gene, he, yeah, yeah. He, he helped me so much. I'll tell you a little story. And, but one of the things he said to me one time, he said, tell me the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your whole life. 
that's still bad right now. And so I was like, well, I got all of this stuff. And so I'm like thinking of this worst thing that happened to me. And I'm like, oh no, that actually worked out pretty good. And then I'm like, I thought about, you know, this thing, really bad thing that happened. And then I thought about, oh man, that worked out pretty good. And it all end up working out. Like the worst stuff that ever happened to me put me to right where I'm sitting right here today. And so it's those little things that uh, you need to think about when it seems like the world's sort of crashing around you. And not, not only is it crashing, but the evil thing is you're competing in a very public sport and podcasts, chat boards, social media in general, like to talk about all of that. You, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. like they talk about the anglers that, won't requalify this year. You know what I mean? Like it's not a real thing. I mean, one of the things yeah. that drives me crazy is, and the best fans in the world are Bassmaster fans. They can't, you know, it amazes me that they come to watch you guys idle away from a dock. It's just nuts. Like how much support we, yeah. this sport in general gets, but then you hear the, you screwed up my fantasy fishing team. <laughs> like, and when you have real life consequences, yeah. like what, you've dealt with and to be totally honest anglers deal with every single week like i mean yeah. i guess what stood out to me in that post when you when you described the angler and the look in the angler's face like i feel like i see that every week i feel like like saturday mm -hmm. night i'm going out to dinner and i run into a group of anglers there's one yeah. that's just quiet and that one yeah. is not you know what i mean because it's yeah. such it's not a team sport. It's, it's just, I mean, you really do take the weight of the world on your shoulders and, and people compare it to golf and all that. It's nothing like that. In golf, you have a no. caddy, you have coaches, yeah. you have, I mean, you yeah. got you. Yeah. And Kayla really at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I think you, when, when you fail, it's all on your shoulders. There's no one like to put it on. There's no one to question and, and honestly, the biggest thing is like no one understands except for another elite series angler, yeah. but everyone thinks they can fish. So what not thinks they can fish, everyone can fish. So like everyone can smallmouth fish. And there was a bunch of people that were fishing in Sinclair and they caught 20 something pounds while we were there and there. And so they are judging you off of that too, because they can catch smallmouth and they can do all of these things. But it's a different story when you're going to your account and you're pulling four and a half thousand dollars out and putting it on the line against a bunch of absolute savages. And then you don't know whether you're going to, you know, that 10 grand payments due on Monday and you don't know if you're going to have it. It's a, and then when you fish like that, I just see it too, too often. It's so mental because once you're yeah. in that, it's over. Like you just know your mind cannot be thinking about that when there's a big group of anglers that aren't thinking about the money, that aren't thinking about requalifying. They're just thinking about how they can get a next bite on a bass. Those guys are, ne are nearly impossible to beat. And so like one of my things is like, I knew I have to get to a stage where I'm not thinking about those things when I'm making a cast for a bass. And that's the, one of the biggest things that the rookies and, you know, guys that are just, just talented fishing and don't have big money support behind them. That's where they're going to find the biggest struggle. 
Um, but fish will just make you, they'll make you feel like a hero and they'll make you feel like the biggest <laughs> loser you've ever seen and, and don't know what you're doing. They'll make you look like you have not a clue what you're doing. And I've been fishing Sinclair since 2011. I've had some really good events there, big opens, FLW tour. I had a, some really good shots to win in an open. And then, you know, it's, it's all, everything that you ever knew is different and you're out there casting at those fish and then you're watching other anglers just absolutely annihilate them. That's where the crazy part comes too, is now you're watching the next day. You were throwing that same bait. You were in that same yeah. area. Like, why didn't they bite my bait, you know? And um, I, a lot of people get jealous of the guys that are super successful and seem to catch them week in and week out. Um, but my mindset and to someone that gets that jealous feeling is fine to feel that jealousy a little bit because it means you want it. It means you want yeah. something that's good. Like I don't mind having a little bit of that as long as it doesn't go too far, but I'm so thankful for the guys that are absolute hammers and doing it the correct way with like integrity and all of those things that I try and speak about that catch them because they are showing me that it can be done if everyone's journey was all up and down and all over the place and it was constantly fighting, I'm like, man, what, is, what, where, where is my end goal here to be better? If everyone is all over the place, I want to see someone consistent all the time. So I know like I want Brandon and G man and Catney and like Christy to show that greatness of just like domination doing it the correct way. So I'm like, that can be done. So I got to get better. Like I'm not getting, it's very easy to feel like you're unlucky in fishing because there's this hint of luck in it. Yeah. I, hate, I hate ever saying it, but there's just this enough of a hint of luck in fishing that you're like, why is this happening to me and not them? But there's so much skill involved that when you don't catch them, it is your fault. You are doing something wrong. Like you, it took a little adjustment. It took something away from it that you can do better. When things settle down, I can look at Sinclair and be like, I should have moved more. I should have stayed on my trolling motor more. I shouldn't have listened to this. I should have done that. And those are the things you got to look at, not like, I'm just unlucky. Like that's the worst thing you can do. And a lot of us, a lot of us do it you get very jealous of guys that are just, you know, cause sometimes they make a cast and it's just terrible when they hook a seven pounder and <laughs> land it. And you're like, what, you know, but it happens to everyone. Look what happened to Christy and Brandon and all of that at Lay Lake for um, all of those things to line up. They got like, it could have went any way and sort of they yeah. got unlucky towards the, you know, towards the end. Um, but, you know, and then Christy, he could have learned, I'm not going to boat flip. If he didn't boat flip that fish, he wins. If Brandon doesn't make that run or checks the fish and it doesn't die, he wins. Like there's a lot in it, but yeah, a lot of it is put on our own backs. Um, but if I think that one of the biggest things in fishing is if you don't have early success, it's a, it's a tough old grinder. Really hard. <laughs> yeah, you get, be... go ahead you're going to be in for a, you know, you're going to be in for one of the, the toughest things you've ever done. Um, but 
like it gets said all the time i think it just has to be that thing that you can't live without you've also got to be you know smart about it and it's definitely different when you have a baby and you have riv and you have a home and you know you build those things up you got something to lose i feel like i didn't have as much to lose when it was just me and kayla and we're in the truck and it's like well we're winging it we have nothing but it was still a very i wanted that my dream was my my dream of being a bass master and winning an elite or best being there that was my thing that i had that was my house and home and all of the things that was a hunt so when it came to me getting kicked out or constantly having bad finishes i mean it was a terrible feeling of sitting in the camper by yourself for days i remember when after the mississippi river in 2016 like i never come out of the camper for like two three days wow. <laughs> I like, I see people doing that and I'm just like sick. I'm like, I, I don't want that for anyone. I don't, cause I know if I had the right person to like come and see me and say, Hey, it's going to be all right. I probably would have been all right, but I, I didn't really have that uh, then. And it just, it just, to me, it looked like everyone was catching them and everyone was doing all of this. And all I could do was come 90th and uh, it's, it's not, not a fun feeling, but that yeah that feeling is it's either to be harsh that's either gonna stop you and it's gonna turn you around and it, it's not for you it's it's too hard it's not for you and that's fine like go and do that but like if it's for you you're gonna have to dig down and go back to the opens and do it all again like let's see what you got how bad do you want it like there's a there's that feeling too like i have the sickening like oh that shouldn't happen to anyone and then it's also i see the guys fishing opens right now and ben and youtube guys and coming in and having early success i i love that at the same time i want to see what you got how bad do you want it what if you miss the cut what if you miss the elites by one you're going to come back and do all nine opens again because that's what a lot of the guys do like that's and that's what I did. I missed 2011, 12, 13, 14, just back, 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 miss, just looking like nothing. It's never ever going to happen, not even getting close. And then making it and then just getting absolutely annihilated and going away and coming back and doing it again. <laughs> like that's that's what it takes. That's what it's going to take if you if you are one of those people that just have to work harder than the average bear that's what you're going to have to do to make it there's just that's yeah. all there is to it yeah paul nick says it all the time and i've used this example and it really true it's like a, a dream's not enough like people that i dream of doing that dreams not like it literally yeah. has to be a nightmare that that this is something i have to and when you were explaining the whole nobody talking to you type thing like when it gets dark it gets real dark like when you really like mm. i see it every year and i try to make a difference in it you know what i mean just by being there or whatever but there's a weird period that which will be in these next few events where yeah there's some people that they're gonna hurt aren't gonna requalify, and yeah. and you'll notice like all of a sudden a lot of anglers don't start stop talking like not they yeah. don't turn their back on them but it's kind of you know what i mean like oh it, yeah yeah but like it, it, all of a sudden there's just nobody around and it's just you yeah. um 
And again, and I can't stress this enough throughout this entire conversation. And we talked about it before we started recording. You love your life. You love your <laughs> yeah, dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you fish for a living. So yeah. if you're a dude working at wherever and you're not happy and you're like, well, it must be nice. You fish for a living. Sure. The fishing isn't the problem. Yeah. It's, it's everything else, the way to the world that comes with it. Um, how close were you? When you got, when you lost, you know, what was 17 when you got cut, when you were, got that letter. Yeah. Yeah. How close were you to just saying, I'm done. I gave it a shot. Yeah. Um, oh, I got goosebumps <laughs> just saying that. Cause um, it's, it's pretty wild. Like um, I was, I was super beat down and uh, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get kicked out. Cause there was a lot up in the air, how it always is, whether it's going to come back, all of this stuff. And uh, I actually did a charity fight um, that year. And that was mm -hmm. at the end of it. I trained like a psycho. I did like a, I, I trained for like, 15 weeks like a professional boxer in a downtown dallas gym i was sparring people i was getting black eyes my, it was wild and my cousin chris who was a pro boxer at the time he was having a um he was having a australian title fight the same night and i fought a professional football player and just uh, we tried to raise we, we were raising money for mikey young kid that had cancer and i raised money for uh, the neurologist in our town that they needed and uh, I sold my jersey I did all these things but the I've never told this story like I I, I raised like ten thousand dollars or something for my fight and they gave me the money and they put it in my account in the credit card company because I had so much racked up they took the money and then I had to try and find the money to pay for the <laughs> <laughs> to pay for the donations to those two things and so life was it was it was a, it was rough and it you know but I was I was like loving it you know when I when I would recover and go through all that I would just get back to where I'm like okay I'm what am I going to do everything's good but anyway Kayla and I we had our first day off after that fight it had been pretty hectic and uh, I wake up the first morning that we were going to have a day together and I've got like 10, miss, 10 messages, 10 missed calls from sponsors and question marks. Hey, I thought you were in the Elite Series. And uh, I said, I think I am. And then, yeah, went on to Bassmaster.com and went through and my name wasn't on the list. And, uh, and then... Um, uh, oh, <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, You're good. <laughs> The, the, re the reason I got a bit emotional there is because um, I was done, like it's 100% done. And I said to Kayla, like, oh, I'm in Australia and I'm like, far out, like, this is, this is it. And uh, Gene, uh, Gene Eisman, who's just been a big supporter, he sends me this message and it's a, it's a, a photo of like me. And then it's like a, a big long message. And he's like, post this on social media i just spoke to bill at flw they want you there um you're gonna come back fish the flw tour fish the opens in between um and then here's bill's number here's the email and like it was this perfectly articulated message that i just literally copied and pasted and i posted it to say i'm not giving up i'm i'm coming back and uh and 
like without that, I don't know where I'd be. So he, um, that was, that was pretty cool. So then I was just back in it. I, I rang up um, Bill and I was like, and he was like, yep, we'd love to have you on FLW tour. And so then I was able to keep my sponsors and say, hey, I'm still fishing at a professional level. And then uh, rang Chris Bose. He got me into all the opens that were in between and started back on track again. <laughs> but that was crazy. Yeah. I guess I'm a little shocked and hopefully our system has changed. Like, I guess I'm a little shocked that nobody called you in advance. Um, and that you literally, that's a painful thought of going to bassmaster.com to find out. Um, so yeah, if it I hasn't got it. changed by now, I hope no, it, has. It, it has. And, and, a, and a really cool part about it all is when when I got to come back and when I made it back in 2019, um, like I got to say to him, like, do you know what like happened to me? And though, and like trip and everyone was kind of like, what, you know? And I was like, and I got to like open up and say like, cause of the, all the split and everything that happened, I, I was, um, they had it where like, I was, you, you didn't want to voice your opinion hugely back then, you know, like, and I, and I was just a, just a kid or whatever fishing the elites I didn't want to say hey I don't think this is wrong or whatever it's my first year second year but after going through all of that in 19 I made I actually qualified back I didn't yeah. get an invite like I exactly. fished the opens I made the championship come fifth or whatever in the championship and then they were like hey this has all happened and then I actually got to say hey do you know like what's actually happening when you kick someone out and like they sort of hadn't didn't really realize it and then I got to sit down and say like this is what you this is what happened to me and they were sort of like holy cow like we didn't mean for that to happen at all and I'm like and then a lot of a lot better things changed like because what actually did happen is I ran Chris and all the opens were full. <laughs> and so when I got kicked out, I rang and the, it were like the opens are 220 maxed out. I'm like, I was just in the elites. Now I can't get in I'm the opens. Even... And so one of those rule changes are when you get kicked out of the elites, you get automatic entry into the opens. I, I, I got to help with it, with a few of those things, which is super cool. And it's why I'm thankful for some of the adverse, you know, some of those things that I got to go through because I feel like I can help people because I know like what they're feeling right now. And um, you know what most guys do, which you probably don't know this. Um, and I actually talked to Hunter Shorrock about it a few years ago. When you're out there fishing, guys towards the end of the session are thinking about what they're going to say to you or why they didn't catch them. And they haven't, it's not over. There's two hours to go. Yeah. It, I, I know they do it because I do it. And I stop myself now when I go to, when my brain goes there, you're already thinking about what you're losing speech, like what you're going to say because you didn't catch them. It's super sad because that's what fishing and sports and high profile things will do to you. But you've, I had a mentor as a kid, John Schofield, who taught me a lot about the mental side of things. And he taught me to like watch my thoughts. So I'm always 
conscious of like, I'm thinking stupid negative right now. And if someone did that around me and told me, I would cut them off and say, what are you talking about? You've got, yeah. two, hour, you've got two hours left in the tournament. What do you, why are you thinking like that? You can take one cast. And at Sinclair, this time around, I was running back to nine minutes to go and I pulled up 300 yards out from the takeoff and my marshal was like, what are you doing? And, I, and I'm like, still casting. He's like, you need to get back. And I'm like, no, this time to cast. And I caught a four and a half pounder and, a, and hooked another one just as big land. And I was like, that's why you keep casting. I come in and I got a last two and a half grand check, but that fish jumped me up all of those points. It was a small win for me, um, but so many people are just thinking negative like when it's not even over yet yeah it's like driving a car i mean you go where you look like i mean that's what they yeah. always say if you if you if you're spinning out or whatever you look where you want to go and that's where you end up going and it's the same thing but the weirdest thing and you tell me this you have experienced that in your own life. And that's at St. Clair, when you said, get that thought out of my head, I'm still casting. If I have a minute, I have time, you know, and, yeah. and if you have two hours left, literally you're still in contention to win the tournament. I mean, probably not on day three or day two, you know what I mean? But if you, yeah, on yeah. day one, you can still literally, I mean, it takes one 20 time. seconds to catch a bass. So as long <laughs> yeah. as you have five twenties, you're still in the tournament um, because I mean, your win was a prime example of like fireworks can go off. Craziness can happen. But if somebody tells you that it seems like it's really hard to, I mean, we all, you all hear that, but until you've lived that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. hard to do that. You know? Um, yeah. It's, it's, you see the momentum in fishing of how big that mental side of it is, because when you're catching them, it's just like, Oh, it's like I can't be stopped. Like everywhere I cast, a fish eats it, and it's the positivity. It's the it's it's even how you're standing. It's how you're casting. It's all of these things of of being, um, you know, having a positive thing. And then as like shoulders slumped, making casts, they're not going to bite, and that's all going to relate to how you how you're going to finish. And as you keep getting beat down and beat down and beat down it only works out to another beat down, but I have been good at like getting beat down and then just like top 10 and like change the directory of everything. And okay, now we're back onto it. So you never know with me, which is what I've worked hard on because it looks like three cuts in a row now of going, you know, on the downward, but like I could easily win the next one top 10 it and we're like back going again. So you've got to try and fight through those, lulls because you know zona said to me i'm like man what am i doing he said keep casting that <laughs> was the best tip he said keep casting and that's yeah. all that it's that's literally what it comes down to it's like i feel like this game is fishing is like who can stay in the game the longest that's like it's not totally that but like if you can hang in there your time will come you'll it'll happen you'll just you've got to keep trying to get better you got to stay on top of the game you got to just treat it like any athletic sport you can't just have it anymore where like i know how to do that and if i can't catch them like that that's it you 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 have to be working on your electronics your game all of those things staying ahead of it a lot more than you used to and then you got to wait wait your time out
do you have like a mental checklist? Because, dude, uh, whether you felt that at the moment or it's just what you exude on the outside, I've always said you're one of the most motivating and, and positive people I know. You know what I mean? Like you find a silver lining in in the stormiest of storms. So how do you? And and I definitely feel like I feel I, I feel like I've seen a few Carls. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've been a fan of yours since you were in Australia and, and I yeah. love the passion and excitement you bring in sport, but I also, and it's not, I've seen people when they're on that, when the snowball starts burying them, you know, when they get in yeah. that bad role and, but you seem to have figured out how to overcome it. How have you, like, do you have a checklist? That, like when you start feeling it coming, when you're saying your shoulders slumped and everything, when yeah. you start feeling that, do you have like a mental checklist where you're like, stand up, focus? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, not a, not a checklist, but I, that watching your thoughts and watching your actions is big from the outside. Like looking at someone, if someone tends to ask me something I, I about that, that I know I can answer it to them like, I can articulate it and be like, this is what you need to do. This is why, but then I won't do it myself. And that's what can happen a lot. Like you, you'll, you can say it, but like yeah. whether you're doing that or not is a big thing, but um, the, the, it's exactly what I spoke about um, on, uh, on that video is I, I could have sat on that couch and not talked and not, and Kayla's upset because I'm upset and Riv's up, you know, she's one, you know, all of these things. And then um, Swindle could have come over and I could have said like, oh yeah, it's nice. You're getting in that, you know, you, you caught them in like, now I'm not almost in, now I'm almost out of classic contention. Everything's bad. Like it, you, you're that close off just doing that. And I could have easily done that and just been mad. Everyone in the campground seemed to catch him. Hunter, Brandon, Swindle, everyone, Lowen, Matt, everyone around me smashed him. We're just in the middle. And I'm like, I'm 72nd. And like, and then I was like, I can't sit here right now. And like, I, the last thing I wanted to do in my whole life is get up and go for a run. My body was absolutely destroyed. I'm half burnt, dehydrated. And I'm like, I can't sit here in this though. This is not good. This is not healthy. And I ran and, uh, and that just gets things back going in a positive direction. I listened to some motivational music. I, you got to change that, that, the, the basically the direction that that's going and I got back and the ice bath thing has been a lifesaver for me it's a it's a life hack like I've never seen like it's unbelievable but all of those things are hard that's why I do them like I don't want to do anything that's easy and so running is really hard no matter who you are if you're the best athlete in the world you go you start running it just sucks it's like really hard and it, and then getting in the cold plunge, it sucks. No matter how many times you do it, it sucks. But when you get out, it's unbelievable. And that's how most things are. So I think just catching yourself being in that and then finding your like anchor that what's going what's, what's gonna to turn this around, what's going to pick it up. Um, and then the other thing I spoke about, which I need to do more of, is 
having some wins in your life somewhere else. Cause like I said, yeah. it's the, it's the most losing a sport ever. I've won one time. Like I've had many, many wins by making the elites and making it back or making a top 10. And a win for me is getting a check. Like when I'm inside 50 cut and I get 10 grand, I'm like, I worked my butt off. I studied for this. I fished for this. I trained, I did all of this stuff. And now I got, paid everyone's happy sponsors are happy life's good when you when you're outside of that it's like the very opposite end whether you miss by an ounce or whatever you like it's it's a it's such a complete um 360 from just missing it to being inside that cut but i've really i've only won one time since 2011 but it's so hard to do that that one win like made my entire career it helped it changed my our lives it did all these things. Um, but in between that, if you just go off how many elite series tournaments or fishing tournaments you win, and that's your that's who that's the deciding factor of whether you're a success or not, you're gonna walk around thinking, you're just gonna walk around beat down constantly. I just talked to Swindle about it. He he hasn't won an elite event, but he's won so much. But like yeah. that's still like that still hangs on his head. Like he's like, why isn't it happening to me? Like Joey's a rookie and just bang, win two straight in the first year. And then when you swindle, look at you gotta be like far out. Like, what have I got to do? Um, but that's why you don't want to hang too much on that because you'll dwell on something that isn't going to define you in all of those other things of life. And I think becoming a dad and having Riv really switched, Kayla has helped me a lot of like not being so selfish. Like this is my dream and I've got to make it and I have to get this. It's, it's all of the things in life that really, if you win everything and you have it all and you got this big pile of money and you're the one sitting on it and <laughs> no one else has any of it and you're just king of the castle, like yeah, it might be, you might think that's good for a second, but I, I don't see any success in that at all. And, you know, I, 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 I want to see, you know, we need to highlight I think like Swindle said, like highlight more of like the other things, not just the person that wins or whatever, highlight some of the other things like people in UFC, they get trophies now for passing 50 Yasada tests, or whatever, you know, like, that's <laughs> like a thing, like that guy's been clean for five years straight and he's fought three times a year, you know, and there's, there should be almost that like in everything it gets spoken about a lot now, but like the, integrity of the sport integrity is i think is going to become a sought after um commodity in people finally um because it's not looked at it hasn't been it's just you win and then like doesn't matter how you did it you're a hero and everyone loves you and i'm like but that's that guy does all of this stuff but no he's he's successful and winning and doing all this stuff and then you like and then the guys that are doing it for real and getting beat down uh, aren't getting any anything from that. And I think all of this getting highlighted through tournament fishing, I think integrity is finally going to make a comeback. Sad that it has to make a comeback. But to play devil's advocate, how do you avoid some of those pitfalls when the stakes are so high? 
you know, for Gerald Swindle, yeah. which proves that it never ends because the financial end of things isn't a problem for G. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it's not like he's no. worried about not requalifying and stuff. But it doesn't matter. That pressure is no less. That it, it when yeah. some jackass yeah, makes a comment on social media and says, <laughs> "When are you going to win one?" That doesn't yeah. burn any less. Yeah. You know, which is yeah. That's but the competitiveness. How do you avoid that? Like, where does that come from? Your upbringing, like as a kid, like, like how do you make sure that you're you're headed in the right direction? I mean, clearly you yeah. are, but you because you're thinking of integrity. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you avoid the mm. the easy road? That's I know it's like a dangling carrot in front of you, but and it's going to always be there. But I, I just I can't see how it's possible that you can be successful and win and get all of this stuff off not doing the correct thing and you keep it and it be that's it that's yeah. bottom line he was just he was the champ he won it all like that was it it's like i feel like life has its time and turn and it's gonna it's something has to give and it does we've seen it and we we give a lot of crap to social media and the internet and stuff but i'm like thank god for that Thank God, like that, the internet's finally catching some things out and guys are getting caught. Without that, they wouldn't, it would have kept going and you would have never known it was there. I don't think that social media is doing that. It's always been there. Guys have been doing it from the start and it's not terrible. It just hasn't been highlighted, hasn't been shown. You haven't been able to see it. And so live and all of cameras and all the things, it's, it's, that's what's going to keep the sport honest. And that's what we need more of. But I think this, the pe people, kids coming up right now need to know that I wish I could, sh I wish like you could see me in 2015, 14, not really knowing anyone, no one hardly knowing who I was. And then, and then having Gerald Swindle one of my best mates, Rick Clun, putting a Firma hard hat on and saying yeah. what that means to him. Um, Brandon Polinick just having my back and helping me through anything. Um, winning Ten Keller and looking up, and half the field was standing over there of guys, and they're all clapping for me. Getting all of the messages from all of my competitors. Um, having the respect on the water when I drive up to someone, someone knowing I'm not there. Like th there's, there's all of these things that I get that are incredible because of that. And uh, most people don't get to see that from my eyes. They just see the wins of certain people and, and all, or just winning and all of that things. But they don't see the on water that comes with that other stuff where no one, does no one respects you you haven't got the respect of your peers and and your competitors and you know and then um i i i call them <laughs> you don't want to be a yeah but person like one you don't want to be the person that says that where yeah. the person wins and you're a person that's yeah but he did this yeah but he you don't want to be the person saying that and also, I never want to be the person they're saying that about too, which is yeah. can go both ways. So like a lot of the times when someone wins, yeah, but he gets this and that. And so it, it's sort of half true. There's a lot of jealousy and some people say stuff and it's probably not, but like 
you don't hear anything about Brandon. You don't hear anything about, you know, you don't hear anything about these guys that are just doing it the right way with morals and integrity. And um, I, I don't think it gets shown of how cool it is when you go down that route. It's like I said, it's going to be harder. It's going to take longer. It's going to suck. But the benefits that come from doing that, you're building your house, you're building your career with concrete blocks. And Solid when you're, foundation. You're building it on foundations for last a lifetime. And even it helps you on the water because there's guys that are real hard asses on the water. Like you drive up to them, they're like, you don't want to go near them. They're just, they're not going to let you in. Like, but then every single time someone does that to me or anyone, it's like a little brain check. It's like, all right, you ain't coming near me like ever. Don't even think to come near like my spot. Uh, if I've got an area and then for me, I've let so many people in, it has cost me and it's hurt me. And, and, you have to make sure you're not too, um, I was definitely too naive, like where, you know, like the stuff that had happened to me, I'm like, you idiot. Like I would never do that now. Um, but at Oahe last year, I'm like running up. I've only got one spot and it's Seth sitting right on it and it's little. And I'm like, dude, this is the only spot I've got. And he's like, get in here. Let's both whack them. And he's like, you'd do it for me. And I'm like, man, if I was that hard ass, that wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would have just had to see Seth and been like, damn, he beat me there. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's advantages, but I think I have been at fault of being a little bit too, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but just too soft. nice. <laughs> yeah. Soft, just too kind. Soft, I mean, kind, kindness yeah. can sometimes be a weakness and especially yeah. in sports, in they're a trying to beat you. Competition. Like, yeah. When you're in competition, you got to have that like bit of blood. You got to have that. And I've got that fight in me and, and America and this sport has given me that. And I, I like that. I've, I've got that, but I've, you know, I've got this side of me, which I, I like, I like that this side of me, but then I can, I can also fight. So you let, like I can switch gears and that's, that's sort of, I think you just don't want to always be like either super hot headed or super way too, you know, nice. Cause that cost me a lot in that 15 and 16, dude, I found winning areas and I ran up and I left them and it was like so big. Like I, I could have went in there and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want him to think I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't want him to think I'm poaching or whatever. And I left and I'm like, why did I do that? But it's part of the growth though. I think as a competitor and dude, I think you, it's really easy to underestimate what you took on. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I talk yeah. to people about you, I'm like, you gotta understand he didn't throw jigs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember I interviewed yeah. you at that Guntersville tournament up and I'm, and I'm trying to, it's before we are live or anything. And I'm trying to get some info from you. Um, and I said, well, where did you, what, grow up throwing jigs or whatever. He's like, I never threw jigs. And I'm like, cause I expected you to say, Oh, I like Toowoomba. We throw jigs yeah. all the time. And I give this like nice little stat. And I'm like, well, how is that even possible that you're, you've overcome so much to be here. Um, and dude, you have done it right. And, and, and I think that shows like, who does Rick Clun write posts about? Mm. It's not very many people. I mean, that to me, when I, I mean, I texted you right away and I'm like, yeah, did I you see Clun's post? Because <laughs> yeah. to me, I was just like, but it's truthful. Um, 
but one of the things you you touched on is is people not doing it the right way. And I don't need to talk about specific things. There have been enough things over the last 12 months that have <laughs> yeah. been clearly proven. What emote when you see when everything that you've faced and everything that you've overcome to be where you are today, what, what emotion when you see somebody not doing it right, what emotion does that evoke in you? Yeah, it's 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 one of the it has been one of the toughest things for me to get around and get over like mentally <laughs> because that costs it's cost me and a lot of people a lot of money like yeah. a lot of a lot of different things like anything and I, I don't like the I don't like the excuse of any tournament organization saying well we don't want to hurt a career it's like but what about mine I almost I could have won I almost made it into the top 10 instead I got pipped out by that guy that did this I didn't do that I did it this way but now he's in front of me so you're actually hurting the guys that are doing it for real. And um, it's, it, it definitely, I hate for, it's just the black eye of, of, you know, tournaments. And I just think that I 100% believe that the, the organizations just have to get super tough. And, and like we've spoke about, UFC did not, was just not legitimate until they got, till they cracked down on that stuff. And when it did, you know, I just want a fair go. I want to just, I want to fish against everyone and we're all on the same playing field. When you're not, there's just so many different advantages and it's frustrating. Like, okay, I went down this path, but this guy wasn't even fishing on our level and he beat me, but now, and then nothing happened. He's a hero. He's doing all of this stuff and you're like, oh. so it's been, um, but it's it's starting to come around. I feel like I feel like you just you you get enough guys and you get it seen and you know I think that, that I think the tournament organizations will crack down. But it's I see the predicament they're in. It's tough because it's a finicky sport and sponsors are teetering right on there and they don't want to see that. Like they sponsors are behind anglers and I see where I see where the they're in a little bit of a trap, but. Um, I just feel like you have to take that road of like, we don't take any crap. You, you mess around here and, and you'll be out. And it, it's frustrating to see some guys just back fishing now after getting caught and after blatantly doing that. And it's just like life continues. And I'm like, if that happened to me, I'd just never be able to fish again. Like I don't, that's, I'm almost like jealous of it. How, if I was known as a cheater and people thought that I would never be able to catch a bass again, like just, I wouldn't be able to compete. It would be over. And they are somehow able to go out and just continue to catch bass is mind blowing to me. It's a different thing. I agree. Uh, it's a different mentality than what I can ever imagine. Cause I'm like, that's the, like, I would just rather die than like, to do something to swindle but like you know like swindle not tell him something or do you know like do something behind his but i'm like no i would never do that i'd rather not catch a bass ever again to do that or break the rules just to i'm not going to do that because i'm not going to be able to fish ever again the same i have to have a clear conscience to be able to fish but some people just aren't built that way but that's what makes everyone different that what's makes good good and bad bad you know yeah 
Yeah, that's the truth. And and it's amazing how some dudes can just stand side by side. You know what I mean? Like you're going to stand in the troughs. I mean, there's people that it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I think we can figure it out. I, I wish we would have more meetings, but I, again, I know like every bass fisherman's like got a different opinion, a different story, but like just right now, people are able to see the, some people like half know the schedule and like a month ago, there's guys ringing people from lakes trying to get waypoints. And I'm like, Oh my God, like now they're not breaking the rules, but like they're not keeping them yeah it's like you, you can do that but like you shouldn't know so like bass needs to get on top of that and make sure like hey if you even think that the schedule's out then it's a no-go like something like that like just i want Bassmaster and all of the tournaments they have to be the casino they have to be the casino overlooking everyone with a camera and got, and making sure that everyone's playing on the same field and there's no cheaters. And when the cheaters are in there, they're out, they're gone. That's the only, that's the only way I see it, you know, changing, but it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's so good on our side. I really enjoy it. It's just a few people that run the gray line and a few things that happen, but the majority of people, like it gets, put out there a lot but really the majority of guys are amazing are you comfortable with telling me what things you think do happen at bass i mean you don't have to give me anglers but where, yeah. where do you think the gray area resides it's all it's like there's full blatant cheating and that usually gets knocked on the head which is yeah. fine but for me it's a constant um it's a constant gray line running to where I wouldn't do that, but they would. So right. I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, I wouldn't do that. And so, you know, at years ago at Sinclair, when we had to catch them, they had to be hooked inside the mouth. Remember that? Like, even if you weren't looking at them, do you remember that year? Yeah, it was like yeah. 16. And yeah. like, I remember coming in, we're in line and me and Christy were there and Christy's just, he's mad as hell. And uh, I'm mad. I got like 16 pounds and we, I was catching him on a crankbait too. And he was, and Christy's like, man, I literally let go like 22 pounds. They had the crankbait mouth over the crankbait and the hooks would be either side of the mouth. Well, this, another angler, high profile angler is there. And he's like, man, I could just see that the hooks were inside their mouth. And I'd say to my marshal, like, can you see it's inside the mouth? And then he would agree. Then he would boat flip the fish and the hooks would get caught in the carpet and then me and Christy are just like, the blood was just running out of me. I'm just like, oh no, like that. And then, you know, I came 90th and I'm like letting four, four, four and a half pounders go. And I'm like, it's just, and then, you know, at Champlain a couple of years ago, I came in and there was big perch sitting in my live well, giant ones. And I'm like, oh my God. And they're just like, there's four of them and they're just this long. And then I come in and then someone sends me videos of guys putting the bait fish back down the fish's throat. Oh. And like, and I'm like, I imagine if I would did that. Like, and then, then I came 11th, I missed the 10 cut. And I'm like, but I wouldn't have done that. And then that, that nothing happens. It's just a rule change later on. I'm like, this is just the little things that just need to be shut off immediately. When you tr just do say, there's just, there's blatant stuff that that was just a stupid thing to do. And then there's, there's like stuff that's accidental through no yeah. wakes and all of that, but you just got to get that pl level playing field somehow. I don't know how you do it, but. 
I think you're right, though. I, I mean, I think the it's loud and clear. I mean, they, they need to. When anything happens, it need. I'm. I mean, I've said for a long time, it needs to be made public. And this isn't vast. This is every organization it needs to be made public, and it needs to be properly punished. You yeah. know, like it, there's there's way too many. I mean, the fact that because I feel the exact same way about what you said earlier. You know, every all of your negatives have built you into a strong foundation. Yep. Well, it's the yep. same thing with Bass, with with MLF, with every organization that's out there. If you got a weak foundation and that's what you have when you have some guys pushing the rules, um, it's going to be pretty tough to build, you know, on top of that yeah. because it's only going to get but, worse because, yeah, because this, recently well, this, that, sorry, go ahead. I was about like what I was going to say is like this, it should be the, a warning to Bass of what happened over there is if you don't crack down it now, it's going to get worse. It's not yeah. going to go away. And that's what happened. They got so lenient for so long. And what you're finding now is you're seeing anglers speak out. You're seeing Swindle post a video, anglers posting a video because no one else is fighting for it. So, okay, so the angler has to. The angler has to get on and call it out and say it, and someone through social media has to. So it, it's 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 making us have to fight for our own thing, and that shouldn't happen. It should be the the, the leader and, and the organisation to say, like, yeah, we've got this. We've got you covered. We're on it. And even if they're not... Um, put something out there to let us know, hey, we have seen this and we're addressing it, just something so that we know that at least they're working on it or they've seen it um, and, and why that decision was made or whatever, even if it is amongst us. But it just seems like cheating and fishing is really detrimental to your career. So like, but it, so you got to be careful. It has to be like, it has to be like a matter of fact, not like, something happened and this guy said this and it has to be like like what happened over there like yeah, it's it was on, on video. video yeah it's on video you're caught it's that's it and um and then that they should be able to do something but yeah i just feel like it's gonna snowball if something's not done soon because you're gonna have a bunch of angry anglers that are just wanting to take it into their own hands yeah well and then if that's what's bringing success I mean, like yeah. the, the the recatching fish thing was not mm. new. That's been happening yeah, for a yeah. while. It's just never been to that level of people, like that many people in one event that ever did it, and it seemed to stand out. But I mean, because we both, you know, are with bass, I I always hate even talking about a lot of that stuff because I think everybody right away says, "Oh, well, that's that. That's why." Yeah, but yeah. I mean. It makes me angry. Like, and I think yeah. that the world searches for violations now, like sometimes to a fault, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where like, oh, they did this. And, and it's, I mean, but you can't have, you can't let anyone get away with it. No. It, it, it's, um, it's why I, I try and, sorry, go try ahead. That's why I try and talk like positive about it because, like, a positive about everything because there's just so much negativity on so many different things. Like, no matter what, the guy wins or this happens, it's always something. So, it's like, I would rather not have to talk about anything like that and talk about all of the cool things about this sport. There's so many cool things happening and 
and good things, but um, that it's pushed me and other people to talk about it because it's there's there's nothing getting done and it's scary that we're showing the example to high school and college kids. Yeah. This is how you act as a professional. It's not good, but we don't need to hide it because it is happening in every single other sport. It happens everywhere. It happens every week in most other sports, something's going on. So it's, it's not just a one-off thing. Like it's only happening here. And there's a, percentage of the population and, and we'll hear it in some comments i'm sure with this show there's a percentage of the population that feels like if you're not in the gray you're yeah. not trying hard enough which to me yeah. is that's insane like i mean I like yeah it, it's never like i mean my kid plays competitive soccer and i go to his games but i can tell you when his team's wrong yeah <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like yeah but there's so many people that are that's my Per, you know, if that's who I'm cheering for, they can't do it. No, I mean, it, it's the same rules for everybody. And I don't right, know. Right's right and wrong's wrong. I, I feel like you, most people, when you look at each position, you're just like, I wouldn't do that. And then that person did it. They, they, you, most people know what that rule's meant for. And then the fact that you sort of, that those rules, they can look at it and be like, oh, I can get around that somehow. <laughs> like, why is your mind even going there? Like this, that's, that's where it gets tough to, to beat a lot of these guys. Cause that's where their mind's going instantly. I don't even think like that. So it went, when, when you haven't got a solid foundation of rules that's stuck by the guys that are living well inside the rules get hurt the most. Cause you're living way too far in and then they're living way too far on the edge. And that's a big advantage when, when you live like that. Yeah. I, I think it'll get a lot better. I, 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 I think just even the simple fact that people are talking about it as much as they are, I mean, yeah, it's got to get better. Um, and, and that's the goal with every sport should be to make it better. But dude, the one thing that really stands out to me that I think is kind of the moral of your story. Um, and it's everybody's story. My wife always says, um, everybody has a battle, even if you don't know it and how you fix that battle and how you get over things is put you back in that camper when you wanted to stay in there and you stayed there for three days, nothing good happens when you stay in the dark, when you like yeah. get up, get out and get moving because you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You look at yeah. any problem and there's so many people facing so many worse problems on earth that yeah that way I mean, worse makes it's almost MC embarrassing to talk about yeah, exactly yeah. it's like oh like that that the best saying is like you know when you i forget one guy is like it when you're like that i'll take you into a hospital and and you tell your problems to a cancer patient and if you can make them feel sorry for you like then then we'll we'll talk then we'll talk but until you can do that like it's up to you to get up and get going and fix yourself like everyone's and like you said everyone's battling a different demon and so just be nice to everyone because you just don't know what everyone's going in through day in day out that's the thing and it's not just the the fishing side of things when the worst stuff happens it amplifies all that other bad stuff that's that potentially happening in your life um but yeah we're still <laughs> extremely lucky to be you know that's all i think about all the time is like i can't believe how lucky we are but 
it, you went through hell and back to get here, but we are doing something that's unbelievable and it's, it's the best thing in the world, but it's, uh, it's a mission to get there and stay there at the same time. Yeah, you're going to fight your whole life, but I mean, as long as you're fighting, you're, yeah, you're, you're alive. Going, that that's, <laughs> that's what, it's honestly, like, I mean, what did you do today? I mean, I, I mean, I'm a person who's very high, but I mean, I never ever talk about it, but I have lows, you know, and yeah. I think most people like me have those. Um, and dude, I ask myself a lot of times, you know, like if I'm, I'm having a dark day. Um, I never talk about this stuff, but um, I expect you guys to talk about everything. So I better do the same, but <laughs> yeah, like I, I do have that. And I'll always ask myself the same question. Well, what'd you do today to make it better? And generally, you know, when, the, when it's the darkest, your answer is nothing. I've laid yeah. here and just felt sorry for myself or, you know, and I, every we're, we got, I've, every dream I ever imagined, you know, my life has worked yeah. out way better than my guidance counselor in high school thought it would way better than I ever thought it would, but you still have dark days, but the key is to get up, get out and, and move whatever, whatever it is. I mean, maybe you don't go for the run that you go. Maybe it's just a walk. It's maybe a walk, it's, yeah. maybe yep. it's just out the front door, but nothing gets fixed being by yourself and being in the yeah. dark. And keeping it to yourself, you know, it's one of the biggest things that men do is they just keep it all bottled up and they don't tell any anyone. And, you know, Pat Slapper, who I got to talk to after day two, he, I could tell he was hurting and I could feel his pain and I was feeling it, but I'd gotten through the other side of it that afternoon by what I'd done. And he said, man, thank you for that conversation because I felt a lot better after it. And he was five, he was 20 seconds off sitting up, standing up off that seat and going into his camper and, 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 and laying in it and, and just dealing with it that way. And there's just, there's, there's nothing good is going to come from that. It's either speaking to someone, venting, talking about it, getting outside, going for a walk. It's, it's actually super simple when, you write it all down. It's like, it's like food, hydration, sun, walk, relationships, conversation. It's not that difficult. And it's a lot of stuff that just people don't do. It's, and it's something that you've actually got to think about and work towards. Like all of those little things make a big difference. Just sun on your face and in your eyes, getting outside can just change your whole mood and going for a walk is, is, it's you don't have to run three four miles you don't have to do that a, a, a half mile walk back is so good for you and so healthy and everyone can do it you have no excuses and so it's just you got to get the right people around you too that's a big deal so you know? and in fishing you get a you get a house full of guys that are on the downward and all doing it you'll be the next one but you get around those you know that's why I, I I haven't potential like I haven't made myself friends with Brandon. I've attracted those kind of guys too around me because I'm they're the only people I let around me for a length of time, and they'll let me around them is because I lift them up and they lift me up, and that's the sort of people you got to have around. So when you're having those down days, they'll get you back up and going, and then if they're having it, you'll do it for them.
Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny you mentioned that about Polnick because I'm certain, dude, he won't hang with you if you're there. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I mean, he'll help yeah. anybody through a tough time. Don't get me wrong. But like, if you look at the people that hang with him, it's all very positive people. Like you yeah. never have many of those. And I just think that that, I mean, that's smart for everybody to surround themselves with positive, but it ultimately get out of the dark, get moving. And um, BP won't like, he won't let you get away with like, that feeling sorry for yourself type stuff. That's who you you need, uh, like that tough, hard love. Like I've said to him before, you know, and I've said to people, oh, like maybe this happened to me. And it's it's not like, oh, that sucks for you. Like, man, they sh it's like, well, you got to do this, you know, or you should have done that, you know? And then you're like, oh, okay, that was me, you know, that. And then, and then that thing of like, you there's a real good saying it's like if you run with people that you're faster than you'll win every time and it'll feel great but if you run with people that are much faster than you you might lose a way more but your time will be better and so that is a big people don't like to be around Brandon and Swindle because they're savages and they're killers and they catch them and they're <laughs> killing it at life and at times it makes you feel like insignificant you're like holy shit, how do i keep up with these guys like they're just killers and that's who you want around you because now you're like i gotta level up i gotta get better i gotta be doing this and when you start that mindset instead of a jealousy mindset that's when everything starts to change the jealousy mindset is that's a bad one to get into. And that's where a lot of us sit because it, it looks nice from back where you're sitting. But when you get in amongst people's lives, you're like, oh, I see what it takes to actually get there. And I don't know if I want to do that or if I want to do that, it's going to take a lot. Yeah. It, it's and social media is one of the biggest weapons of that. Like it it's, fills your mm. head full of, you know, like it yeah. just look what a so-and-so's got look we're so like i think that i know everybody stops and talks about social media and says oh it sells so much stuff and but i've honestly like over the last number of years i've been like it's everything it's the reason that people pay expensive money for cookies and donuts nowadays so they can post pictures of them and and yeah. i feel even even if you look at how in our industry like i remember years ago people would get a a new bass boat and they would get the electronics that came on that bass boat. You know, they, they might order it specifically, but they probably wouldn't change their electronics until they got another new bass boat, you know, three, four, five, maybe 10 years later. Yeah. Now everybody changes their electronics. But if you think about it, yeah, dude, it's the ultimate, it's always selling in the way that like you always wanted the latest and greatest, but now you have a little device that you look on and it shows you, well, George has got the latest and greatest and Harry's yeah. got the latest and greatest and Ted's got, Oh my God, even Steve's got the latest and greatest and he can't even catch them. So you're like, I yeah. deserve the latest and greatest. Yeah. It's, I think people have it tough. Like everyone talks about the old days and it was tougher. It's tougher for kids these days. The mental oh, yeah. like, anguish on kids is and and not kids in everyone like in adults and everything i can see how they just see it and it's like you know that that isn't real or if it is it took 
it doesn't just happen. Like it's, it's frustrating because like the real deal ones are looked at, well, ah, oh, they just got it. And then the people that can fake it, it looks so amazing. Like it just happened. But at the end of the day, you got to look at that. And that's why you got to win at the things that actually matter in life. Like what I spoke about is family, husband, friends, you, you know, being a father, being a mum, and doing all of those, having all of those little wins because they are actually really tough things to do. And they're actually things that not many people do. When you start talking to people, what's he, and they're, they're not being the dad they're supposed to be and they're not doing this and they're doing these other things. It's like, I see the hard work that I get to put in with Riv is paying me back with what Riv is doing. Like, it's incredible. But if I don't do that time, you don't get that payment back. Um, so... Yeah, social media is a good. It's a it's a devil and it's good. But I I choose it. I choose it to be good. I follow yeah. people that are you just. That's why I like Instagram. You just I follow all people that just motivate me. And I look at people that have more than me, and I'm like, well, how do I? What do I got to do? I don't. You don't get that thing of like, why has he got that? It's like, well, that's cool that he can do that. Now, what what do I need to do to get that? And it's all where you're at. Because at the beginning of this podcast, we started talking about Tommy Wood. Yeah. I mean, dude, what would Tommy give today if, if his problems with Visa could disappear and he had in your shoes right now? Yeah. Like, he'd kill for it. He'd kill for it. And you, you know, and then, yeah, we compl I complain about this or that. And it's like there's someone else that'd just be do anything to get in your shoes. Yeah. Well, but it all goes back to one thing, dude getting out of the trailer, taking the step out of the darkness. And it doesn't matter whether it's a millionaire, a billionaire, a trillionaire. Everyone's it all got started the same. with the step. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at one point, every one of them was in a, a dark trailer figuratively may not have been a dark trailer, but they were sitting in there and they didn't want, and they made that step. And, yeah. um, and I think, dude, you've made a lot of people make a lot of incredible steps. And I, and I think, I would hope that this podcast today and your honesty will touch a lot of people. Cause I, cause I honestly, I know it touched me and, and you've made a difference in my life and, uh, That's keep cool, being mate. you. Thanks mate. It means a lot. You've been a huge part of like just bringing fear my heart to life. And that was that, that it has been my goal and is still my goal with everything. And I, I want to, I, I one day I want to see it. People wear fear my heart and, and they love it, but I, I want it to not be related to me at all. I want it to be people, you know, I want people to have it on them. They don't know me at all. And they're like, I, I fear my heart's me. That's what, I, that's what I'm wearing it for. Cause it, it, it just, it, it can relate to anyone. And, and I think it helps a lot of people in that way too, but you have been a huge part of that. And I'm grateful uh, that you've been supportive and, been behind it, me through all those ups and downs been cool you're an easy person to back dude and and I, I think i've told you this but like the whole when you when you started the fear of my heart thing i at the time was just like fear my heart like like i liked calling you the wallabies i mean to me yeah. it had a whole little character and it was i liked it <laughs> but it but, but you said hey fear my heart's kind of my thing and at the time i'll be honest I yeah. didn't stop to really think about it. I was just like, okay, fear in my heart. But the more I've watched you and the more I've seen your story unfold, 
they better freaking fear your heart. Cause dude, you overcame, came from a country that didn't yeah. have the same species. You came from a country that didn't have the same techniques and you've overcome, but you've only overcome it with one thing. It's yeah. your heart, man. Yeah. It's your heart to keep pushing. And, and I think in the history of mankind, hearts are undefeated. Yeah. Um, you, you know, can, you can beat talent. You can, that's the thing that I like about it is heart will beat talent every time. If talent doesn't work, like if you haven't got it, you just need a heart, get a ticker. Let's go. Keep pushing through <laughs> that. The, I'll tell you a quick story, which, which is what made me really go get behind fear my heart. Cause I didn't know what it was ever going to be. And I still don't, I just want it to be something great. And we're just always working for it to help. You know, we just want to use it to help people um, yeah. for now. But um, I was in a, I just wear that one. Remember the original logo? It had like the F, like the hat I saw. You could hardly yeah. read it. It was a, it was a different design. You had to really know what it was. And I was driving down into Texas and I'm this back road, country road, this old gas station. And I fuel up and I walk in the servo and there's just this older lady, you know, behind the counter, just serving you know no one's even in there and i buy a drink or something and she looks at me and she's like that's me and i said what's that and she said your hat that's me and i said what's it say and she said fear my heart and i said really no and, and she said yeah that's that and then she went like told me this little story and i just got like goosebumps and i'm like that's i walked out of there and that's when like it was never this i was like that's something that's crazy that it like she picked that and she said, that's me. And I'm like, this isn't just a sports thing or a thing. This is going to be, this is anyone because people do things from their heart all the time, whether it's looking after kids or doing something, you know, that's just not selfish or that's beyond, you know, what anyone else is capable, but they have that thing. And I think, I think it's going to help a lot of people one day. I know it is. And I know it already has. Um, <laughs> We'll go on for hours and hours, so I better end this at some <laughs> yeah. point. But, dude, you're, you're you're special, dude. Means a lot, mate. I, I enjoy always enjoy catching up. We'll have to uh, always do it more often. Hopefully, we can uh, finish the year strong and get the Aussies back in uh, in Oklahoma. Tear that city up. <laughs> oh, I believe you're going to. I believe you're going to, and I believe they are going to. Uh, <laughs> you got. Uh, and hey, again, how many years you're in the classic cut with two events left to go? They're yeah. Lake Champlain and yep. the St. Lawrence River. If it's <laughs> yep. the beginning of how many seasons, if I'd have been able GD and been able to land and say, hey, Carl, you, you want to be inside <laughs> yeah. the classic cut going into the last two, and these are where we're going, you'd say, where do I sign Hell up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Uh, there's only one Carl Jacobson, but, um, dude, your waves are being felt all around the world. And I'm thankful you're my friend. Thanks, mate. Means a lot. Well, I think that was a very real, a very honest and a very open conversation about some stuff that you don't hear people talk about very often and, um, and can be tough to talk about. So I thank Carl Jacobson for his incredible honesty and openness on this show and and for all of those of you out there chasing dreams or dealing with a situation i mean along with chasing those dreams come some nightmares and and 
And I think just hearing that it happens to everybody else will hopefully make some of you feel better. Because Carl Jacobson loves his life. Carl Jacobson loves what he does. And, and his biggest concern going into this show was that I don't want to sound like I'm whinging, very Australian word, but whinging about my life. But I just, he wasn't. He was just being open and honest about some of the trials and tribulations you're going to face when you chase a dream. And it may not just be a dream. It may be... Um, it may be, you may, you may be dealing with something in your life that you did nothing, had nothing to do with. It's just a family member has got themselves in a situation that's bringing you down. But if the one thing that stands out to me about Carl Jacobson and this whole week is get your foot out of the trailer, figurative trailer. Obviously when Carl was telling his story, he didn't want to leave the trailer for multiple days and just stay in there in the dark. Get your foot out of the trailer because whatever you're battling, as my wife says, everybody's always battling something. It gets better when you get out, when you interact with people, when you make that step out of the trailer. So please um, don't spend the time in the dark. Um, hopefully that helps somebody. And, and Carl Jacobson has helped so many people. His brand, Fear My Heart, support it. Because it's all good. It's about what's good in the world. And if you wonder what Fear My Heart meant, I mean, the dude moved to a country to chase a dream and had never even thrown a jig. So, yes, he had some shortcomings to overcome, but you better fear his heart. And if you go into a battle with a fearful heart, you will always be a very, very strong uh, whatever opponent. You got a good shot. I mean, your heart is where it all starts with. So hopefully this show um, helped a few people. If it did, make sure you give us a like and a, a thumbs up and stuff. like. I mean, I don't need the like personally. I love the comments. It's nice to interact. I try to get back to all of you. But let's stroke the algorithm a little bit because this is the kind of show that needs to be seen. In a world where everybody wants to throw up just doo -doo -doo controversy balls. That sounded weird, but <laughs> this is a positive show showing what really it's like. Sometimes it's tough when you're chasing a dream, but um, keep chasing. As always, have a great week. Enjoy being Bob Cobb. Take it away. Thanks for watching. Please like comment, and subscribe, because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?